and welcome back to yet another episode of the Kitabi Karwan podcast. Today we have with us a very special guest, the author of The Illuminated, Anindita Ghosh. Now before I introduce the author, let me just tell you this is one of the best books I've read this year and I would highly recommend all of you to go out and buy this book. I absolutely loved the book, the way it was written and the kind of emotions it spoke about. I think each one of you would definitely enjoy reading this particular book. Now coming back to Anandita. Anandita is a writer and journalist based out of Mumbai and was formerly the editor of Mint Lounge and was a features director of Vogue India. I don't want to give a lot of about this book away. So let's just jump right into the interview and talk to Anandita. Hello Anandita, welcome to the Kitabi Karwan podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, I just finished reading The Illuminated a couple of days back and I am in I'm, I actually have a lack of words right now. I'm speechless as to how beautifully written the book is. So congratulations. And I know it's your first book. So I'm pretty sure you must be excited with all the critical acclaim that's coming your way and all the great reviews. How are you feeling? Uh, firstly, thank you, Siddharth. It's great to be here on this uh, podcast with you. I know you're a lawyer by profession, but you've been doing the book stuff pretty religiously for a while uh, so I'm, I'm happy to kind of be in your very curated platform it feels good but to be honest it also feels a bit unreal uh, the book actually also officially became a bestseller I think a week or two ago but everything's happening virtually right I'm not I've also only been to two stores for signings the two stores closest to my home is where my publisher set up so with everything happening kind of on Zoom, this is also on Zoom, it feels a bit unreal. I believe festivals, uh, lit fests are kind of finally opening up. I've been invited to things in Jan and Feb. Uh, maybe when you're, you know, speaking to a live audience or you're meeting your readers, um, uh, maybe things will feel different. So, of course, I feel good, but I'm saying it feels unreal. So, I don't actually know how to answer your question. It's been kind of strange having a book out in this time uh, when you're not getting the nutrition of kind of hearing back from readers. So it's been a bit sad, honestly. I mean, I kind of get it, but then it also goes back to the kind of time we've been having for the past couple of years. It's just uh, to use the cliched word unprecedented times. And to be honest, I've had the exact opposite experience that you've been having. I mean, I'm I completely empathize with your situation as an author to come out with a book right now and not being able to get that organic feedback from the audience. But as a reader, it's actually been a very uh, rich time because a lot of authors and publishers have become way more active on social media and on the internet and have been interacting a lot more with their fans. Like these podcasts have just blossomed up. There have been a couple of more other Instagram lives kind of things happening. So I think readers right. have they've been a lot free. They, they've been free to come on Kita, on the Kitabi Karma podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yes. Yes. Let, good it, for you. It, it, it's been beautiful. In fact, I launched the podcast during the pandemic. I had some time on my hand and it worked really well for me. I got to talk to some of my favorite authors, some really amazing authors like you. So it's been absolutely wonderful. So as a reader, no one's complaining. But yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from. I think... Uh, uh, I'm hoping the Lit Fest come back. I think there was one that was happening over the previous weekend. It was a Creators Fest, but it happened virtually. But I'm hoping like the uh, on in-person events start happening again. 
But uh, Anandita, before we carry on this conversation, I have a very cliched question which I ask every guest when they join the show. Um, and it kind of stems from the fact that, so in today's day and age, you have authors who are relatively more public, right? I mean, your persona or details about you, there are a lot more interviews available. But uh, I always feel that uh, authors have a hidden side to them, and which is largely true. I mean, there is something that they keep hidden away from the world. So would you like to tell us something that we cannot find out about you from a simple Google search or from the blurb of your book, something that just gives us an insight into who you are as an author? Who I am as an author, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Maybe could we circle back to this question, perhaps at the end of the podcast? Uh, sure, I, sure. I can't. I mean, because I think I'm pretty public, actually. So I don't know <laughs> if there are hidden, and if there is something hidden, then there's probably a good reason why it's hidden. So, <laughs> okay. I, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll think about this, and we'll circle back to it. Yeah. Sure. Let me make this a bit easier for you. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that defines you as an author, but just something as a something that defines. I'll give you an example. Uh, a while back, uh, I had. Uh, uh, Dr. Shivshankar Menon on the podcast, right? He's a former national security advisor and uh, the former foreign secretary. And uh, one of the details he shared was that a lot of people don't know the fact that he was uh, in a band with one of his friends, for Dr. S. Y. Kuresh. He was a former chief election commissioner. And they used to get together while they were working and jam out like a few songs. And he was a failed classical musician. But that did help him on his journey. So it was one of those things, right? That drove him. <laughs> like generally, people don't imagine the national security advisor and chief election commissioner getting together to jam out a couple of songs. But that just added a huge new dimension to him as a writer. So yeah, we can obviously right. circle back to this whenever uh, you're comfortable talking about it. Uh, but so Ananda, while I was reading your book, the first thing that crossed my mind was how uh, in fact, I was the first thing that crossed my mind was the fact that it seemed a lot similar, not in style, but in the terms of how it made me feel to Jhumpa Lehri's work, right? There is an underlying of melancholy in her work, which appeals to the reader, draws them into the book, which I kind of noticed in your uh, writing as well. So was this, uh, was this something that particularly... Uh, something that you had planned on was this something that uh, I know inspired you to write down uh, create this book in the first place or was this just an organic result of your planning so uh, Jhumpalari is definitely one of the authors that I um, that I like a lot I would say she's one of my favorites even though her body of work um, is quite lean uh, you know, since the time she's been writing. And of course, in recent times, she's writing in Italian, which I consider, you know, I consider that to be kind of like Jhumpa Lahiri part two. So I'm not even yes. counting her writing in Italian as her oeuvre, so to say. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but you know, Siddharth, when I, when I like a writer, I tend to go in depth rather than breadth. So even Akhil Sharma, who was actually kind enough to blurb my book also, he's written only two novels and one book of short stories, but he's written a lot of uh, nonfiction, like say personal essays for American magazines. He's written for the New Yorker. And I can safely say that I think I have, I have read 
everything that say akhil sharma has ever written in his life i have read every mm. interview that he's ever given and uh, perhaps i think it would be the same for jhumpa so i think uh, uh, when you like an author very much when they've touched you uh, in certain ways uh, it's possible that you know certain styles or certain um, there could be certain resonances i do agree i do feel that say the first chapter which is this a woman in her 50s in new jersey looking back at her life in north calcutta Uh, that chapter might have resonances of lahiri that's what you know my editor and a couple of people felt as well but i think after that i don't think there's any lahiri in my book after chapter 1 um but what i do like about lahiri uh, i like the sense and i think that is the factor of her right being a, such an a, such an expert short story writers that there's a sense of lingering there's a sense of how the story kind of goes on it never really finishes uh, uh when the short story ends and i think that is something that uh that is true for my book as well i feel there is no uh, there's no clear conclusion and uh, for me some of the best fiction some of the best art uh, that i have encountered is ambivalent it's not neat you know it's not neatly tied up with a bow it takes you to one place and leaves you there and uh, so i would say these two things maybe the tenor of the first chapter and the the fact that it, that the book doesn't have a neat ending those are reminiscent of um, jhumpa lahiri but but not much else because uh, i also feel that you know because i wrote this book over 5 plus 1 years i wrote it over 5 years because i had full time jobs and then one year i was editing you also change as a person you know as someone in my 30s you also have life experiences and you change so the book started out one way maybe it started out like jhumpa lahiri very sweet and kind of mannered but then it kind of went into this very different zone uh, so i don't think anyone reading the you know the last chapter will will ever say that it has any resonances with lahiri but but the start of it does i agree with you right and i think you make an excellent point about uh, how some of the best art that you've encountered and i con- concur with what you've just said is stuff that's left ambivalent right i mean i think that's the irony of what fiction works for right it, fiction is something that is not real that's something uh, ideally like the most basic sense of the definition is that it's something that is imaginary something that's not real and people turn to it to kind of discover themselves or discover worlds beyond their usual life but the best kind of fiction is one which actually works like real life when where you don't really have a definitive ending right or you don't have definitive things to uh tie up your life with it's not over until it's actually over it's there's no like there's no happy ending or sad ending there's just no ending till it's uh till death comes up but uh so ananda uh, something that I, and you mentioned that you wrote this book over 5 years and 5 plus 1 years as you mentioned but is there a particular event or like a particular memory that you have which sowed the you know roots of this uh, seeds of the story in you know, or this entire book in your mind like where did it all begin what kind of prompted you to put down pen down this story or how did this world blossom in your head i do have a very specific answer to that you know being a journalist because these are questions i ask myself so mm-hmm. um you know um now i've been a journalist say for 15 years uh, but 
five or six years ago when the beginnings of this book kind of happened and i would say happened because i don't think writing fiction writing a novel short story is a very conscious choice in the sense sure you can decide i want to be a writer but 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 just by deciding that the story is not going to um come to you i think it has to happen to you you know like love so as a journalist i feel that i was i mean i was i was a features writer i was of course i was i was good at what i did i was interested in writing and i got approached by a couple of publishers to do non fiction books because around 5 to 6 years ago also this idea of narrative long form or you know uh uh literary non fiction uh, was becoming quite buzzy and uh, publishers were looking for people for feature writers to do these kind of um full length you know journalistic explorations so i was approached by a, a couple of publishers and i was wondering which one to go for but but you know they were not they did not invigorate me they were not making me very excited because i realized you know this is what i do monday to saturday as i do journalism and now am i going to be just on sundays or late nights again just going to be doing that in another form uh, so i was kind of dragging my feet um, on it and then i was at the mountain echoes literary festival in 2015 i've been there i think uh, once more or twice more after that but this was the first time and uh, there was a session um, uh, with uh, the writer janice pariat as and i was there to interview other people i was there as a moderator but she was speaking on stage and i met her at that festival and she said something really lovely uh, uh, i think somebody was asking her about the process of writing and she said that sometimes you know your end destination and uh, you're just driving on the dark road but you know where you have to go and sometimes you don't know where you're going uh, you can just see what the headlights reveal and that's fine and uh, it was very inspiring to me you know so when people ask why should they go to lit fests or why should they talk to authors or listen to podcasts like this i think it's because uh, you know when you're on the fence sometimes hearing something that another creator says or another writer says can be very inspiring and i've told janice this and she's credited in my acknowledgments but just a small thing she said was very inspiring to me because i realized that as a journalist i looked at the world a certain way and i thought that i can't embark on fiction or embark on a book until i know exactly what it's going to be and how it's going to end because that's how we do a journalistic story right you pitch to your yeah. boss and then you say this is what it is i'm going to speak to xyz people it's going to end like this and i realized that writing fiction is what i've always wanted to do and uh, what i really want to do but i'm afraid because you know it really isn't a viable career honestly you can't uh, not have a job and do it i mean it's it's not it's it's honestly it's not economically sustainable the way uh, it is in india there is no writing community as such so it's not you can't really kind of leave everything else and say i'm going to be a writer it would be a foolish thing to do so i was afraid but then i said i mean listening to her i'm like you know i don't need to know the end i just need to know how i want to begin and let's take a chance i'm not i still have my job i still have a life i'm not i i you know i'm not giving up everything so let's take a chance and i did and the first visual i i just had that first chapter actually it's a woman who has suffered a huge loss but uh, and i didn't know what the loss was at the time but just a woman who suffered a huge loss and the world expects her to grieve in a certain way but all she wants to do is have a cup of tea 
and for me the idea was also about fulfillment and uh, and kind of the space that women occupy because a cup of tea was not just you know a hot beverage it was everything that she wanted for herself and uh, so it was very poignant and for two years you know when i say i worked on the book for five years for two years i just worked on this first chapter i was very i held on to it i just made revisions i sent it to a few people who gave me edits so for two years i just had this first chapter you know and it kind of grew from there so that was the kind of kernel oh that's you it took you like you hung on to the first chapter for two years is such a interesting thing to know because uh to be very honest i am an aspiring writer as well and it's not that i i write here and there but not a lot and just hearing this process is and as you mentioned right this is exactly why you ought to attend literature festivals or like read interviews or or particularly authors or any other artists for that matter because it kind of inspires you to go down this road and have this journey of your own but you mentioned that uh, you've always sort of wanted to be a writer and maybe like the economics of it didn't really appeal to you but uh, was it the only reason you did not write early on in your life i mean you mentioned you've been a journalist for 15 years and you just wrote the book over the last five or was there something in your 20s that stopped you from uh, i know approaching it or did the idea not cross your mind what was it not really so i've been writing kind of all through because even as a journalist i've been a feature writer right i haven't been yes. a you know a political reporter or a war correspondent so uh, i wrote as an editor for you know for 3 years i also wrote a personal column every week which you know parts of which have you know kind of observations for which have even made their way into the book so um i feel writing is like exercising a muscle and i have been writing throughout as a kid also i wrote you know poetry and short story things that teenagers do you write kind of soppy love songs and so i've done all of that i've gone through all the motions but i was pretty uh, you know the kind of family i come from the idea was that you graduate and uh, you get a job and you pay rent and you get a masters degree blah blah and that those are all steps towards becoming an adult uh, that's what i have seen i mean i'm i'm happy for other people who have other kind of examples maybe they have writers or artists in their family but i didn't you know my parents are are like are still working so that's what i had seen that you know people get a job and they work and in my head uh, so that kind of conditioning is very strong you can't fight that conditioning so i did think that i needed um and i think even this whole idea of getting an mfa um i think it's kind of a little more recent uh, for indians to go abroad and get an mfa so at the time that i was graduating from college uh it wasn't really it, it just wasn't somehow a talked about option that you can actually graduate and then go study creative writing you kind of studied something that would get you a job so again i'm saying that these are limitations to the environment that i was exposed to uh but when i became a journalist then i was i loved what i did and i was pretty career oriented and you know when you're working 10 to 12 hours a day that when you're thinking that way um you're in a way you're not in the kind of mindset or or um you know the psychological framework that is conducive to fiction i think fiction requires a different pace it requires you to look at the world with less judgment it requires you to kind of you know slow living the buzzword that we use now i think fiction needs you to 
to look at the world in a certain way and when you're a excitable 23 year old you know who wants to go like to four places to cover something every day like i don't think you have that tehrav like they say in hindustani classical music for fiction so nothing came in the way i i just didn't have i would say the kind of i was not in the psychological space i did have i was always a fan girl and there were lots of writers i mean i read a lot and you know i admired writers but it was not something that i could uh, i kind of was in the space to suddenly do and after i achieved a certain kind of position in journalism a certain way i i think i almost gave myself the permission that you know you are where you want to be in in doing this journalistically so maybe you can maybe you can explore this and maybe if you want to ever explore this this is the time because you can't keep telling yourself you're a writer and you want to be a writer and do nothing about it so i finally took the plunge in 2015 but i do feel i had been writing in some way or the other i i also feel so that that you know um there are like writers right more more so abroad but even here who published their first book in their 50s or 60s but you know i don't think that they become writers at 50s or 60s i think if you're a writer you're a writer all your life that's who you are um uh, that's your personality you're the person who eaves drops on conversations you're the person who makes notes um you know who studies the ether so to say so you you you're always a writer whether you are actually writing chapters or not i think it's a i think it's a personality trait you know more than a skill it's such a beautiful takeaway to have i i mean i think till this point of time i had not given it that much thought that writing is a more of a personality trait rather than something that people did because i think a lot of people would agree with you when you say this that uh, you know it just because you're writing your book at 30 or 40 or 50 whenever it doesn't mean that you become a writer then because you've been writing a lot of other things before that as well but the bit about it being a personality trait i think is something that uh could resonate with i think a lot of people who are listening to the podcast right now uh because a lot of them are readers or some of them are aspiring writers and often have these questions about themselves right and i think being able to notice that kind of gives them that confidence that there is something out there for them uh but it's excellent yeah. that you yeah sorry sorry please go on sorry just one thing i want to add also is that you know sadat i think many people think or are told uh, you know you're a writer because they are good with language because they are good in english or because they mm-hmm. craft nice sentences uh, you know that's a start but having written this book i actually firstly i have tremendous respect for novelists also novelists who write so prolifically you know say you mentioned chitra banerji divakaruni someone like her who writes you know a book every two years or i have tremendous respect for novelists because i've also realized um and that's true for me maybe this is not something that other writers would agree with but i realize that it's so little about the sentence level it's so little about language i mean it's 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 everything about language but i'm saying um that's the last stage it's so much more about plotting the book and planning and strategizing and uh, there, there's a lot of kind of mathematical intelligence that goes into planning a novel you have to plot you have to figure when these characters meet who to bring in how to turn so the idea that because somebody writes cute sentences or or has a turn of phrase that they would be novelists is misguided and i'm saying that is because that's what i thought writing entailed right as a teenager i said i thought oh wow this person 
speak so well they must be a good writer but it's not about language it's it's also about the way you see the world i think and uh, that's a realization that i had so i i just wanted to add that and you know i just have this flurry of thoughts when you were talking up particularly about this because it's uh so strange how people evolve as readers and like as critics right i mean something that you just said is one of the most uh, like the biggest criticism academia faces not just in india but across the globe and i know it's not just fiction writing that i'm talking about here that there is this uh i know this trend or this phenomena where people are encouraged to kind of write complex sentences or you know sentences with a flourish which kind of emphasizes on their vocabulary or maybe their ability to play with words but they actually end up not communicating as much to their readers whether it's a non fiction piece or a piece written in a journal or uh, a short story and some of the most prolific authors have had the privilege of talking to or hearing from like i mean i, I just flashed back to this one time when i heard uh, lord archer speak at one of his book release events where he said i think uh, only someone who can write their entire book first down in 100 words is someone who can actually succeed as a writer and in fact in my previous episode of the uh, this podcast i was talking to uh, dr gyan chaturvedi about this and he mentioned something along the same lines that the ability to communicate with your reader is something that should always take prime importance over you know superfluous words or complex flourishes and yeah again that's a great message to take forward for you know budding authors and writers uh but you did mention something that's actually uh, something i'm going to harp on now that you read a lot as uh, growing up which i believe a lot of authors and journalists for that matter are always engaging with so yeah can you tell us a bit more about that what were the kind of books that you read as a child what was your introduction to the world of reading was it school your mother your father who was how did you become a reader and what did you read while growing up right so you know coming from a bengali family and my mother uh, studied comparative literature so you know she read a lot there was a we had a huge library but if i had to credit you know if i'm honest and i feel these are questions also that i've thought about for when people have begun asking me this right for interviews around the book i think it's the fact that i had an older brother i think your siblings make a huge impact on you as a child so my brother read a lot and he was 4 years older to me and you know when you have a, when you're a devoted younger sister what happens is that you want to do everything that your elder brother or elder sister is doing so i was uh, reading everything that my brother was reading whether or not i was understanding it but that meant that uh, uh, you know so when i was 10 i had uh, my brother was 14 and he asked for the collected works of anton chekhov for his birthday which i remember were eight volumes but i read all of it when i was 10 because it had come home and my brother was reading it so i thought it was the coolest thing to do and i remember he read uh, diary of anne frank for his 13th birthday so I, i read it when i was 9 and those are not books i i don't think they were age appropriate as and i was reading them much earlier of course nobody my parents didn't have an issue so i think in my teens uh, my my brother and what he was reading made a huge impact on me uh though what i've realized more recently also is that i read a disproportionate number of white male authors 
because growing up that was considered literature that was what was at home right so even a lot of gabriel garcia marquez was at home i read all his works in my teens um there was uh, julian barnes a little later but uh, yeah so i think i was i've been though quite a conventional reader i wasn't reading sci-fi or thriller or mystery i guess i was reading what is considered what is now called literary fiction yeah. uh in my 20s i um, i went into a huge of course jhumpa lahiri also amitav ghosh but i also went into a huge kind of jonathan franzen bender i'm a um, i'm a huge fan and i feel one of the problems with cancel culture and this kind of you know wokisms is 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 that jonathan franzen is suffering because of it because a whole group of people have just decided to hate him uh, so i'm really looking forward to his new book actually i checked at a bookstore and they don't have the physical copies yet so i'm waiting for crossroads but yeah so in my 20s then i went into a huge uh, kind of uh, jonathan franzen bender but also a lot of tony morrison and of course adiche um in my more recently i've been trying to read a little more varied works so um a young colleague of mine introduced me to kind of feminist sci-fi and feminist horror fiction recently so uh, there's an american writer called carmen maria machado who won the folio prize also recently and she writes this kind of uh, it's actually yeah it's kind of feminist sci-fi so kind of these dystopic speculative scenarios but with women at the center and i've been reading this nigerian young nigerian writer called lesley neka arima whose works are also available online and a lot of young writers now they write uh, short pieces that are kind of digitally available so you know you don't even need to kind of wait for a complete collection um also when i was writing over the last 6 years i was i had to be very protective about what i was reading because you know when you are writing your your brain is very kind of fertile so you end up getting influenced or you can get swayed so i was not reading any contemporary indian writers at that time so now that i'm done over the last year i've had a really good time catching up on all the books that i missed out on so i read latitudes of longing by shubhangi swaroop who is a friend and who also blurb the book and i i just i truly think it's one of the best books to come out of india you know in recent times uh, and i read far field also recently which i loved so yeah so i think i'm i'm trying to read more broadly and also more women i love rachel kushner a lot i love mars room her last book a lot uh, so yeah i think sadhat i've rambled on and on now about a number of names <laughs> so if you have any Mm-hmm. no it, it, it's it's lovely to see that you have such a wide breadth of readers uh, authors that you're reading because uh, that's something that i decided to a couple of years ago like you mentioned that you know why you realized quite early on like towards your late teens that you were reading a lot of uh, white male authors right which is generally considered to be literature which is true right and some that's why i kind of started pushing myself to read more day varied uh, uh things so it's very interesting to know that you have been reading so many things and i think i've learned of a couple of new authors from you which i'm going to give it give a shot um we're unfortunately to heading towards the end of the interview but i have one question to wrap this up and that also revolves around books um if i ask you to name one book which has impacted you majorly in your life right like i mean it's changed the way you kind of 
go about doing things in your life or the way you perceive life or life actions or life interactions which one would that be and what was that change that inspired to you uh, a book that has inspired me or inspired my writing uh inspired you like as a person because i always believe that uh i mean and and i might be wrong here that a book that has ended up inspiring you as a person and not in terms of uh motivating you to do something but just brought about to change in the way you're looking at the world or interacting with it because it all inevitably would seep down into your writing as well it's a really hard a tough question you know to ask a writer to pick one mm-hmm. book but uh, i am going to actually pick a book that i feel also really inspired me as a writer because i have been you know that's been what i consider my primary identity for the last 6 uh, years and hopefully going forward so i would say akhil sharma's family life because i feel it made me look at the world differently uh, when i i read that book because i'll tell you specifically because i told you i was a big friends and fan and i was interviewing him for vogue at uh, the jaipur lit fest um 6 years ago when he was there just before i started writing right so 2014 specifically mm-hmm. and i asked franzen uh who's like everything i've read everything by franzen and he said it was one of his best interviews so then we were chatting and i said uh, you know you're called the great american novelist who do you think is the great indian novelist and he said of course there are the usual names you know rushdie uh, rohington mystery uh jhumpalahedi arundhati roy vikram seth he said all that and then he's like but there's this guy akhil sharma and i really like him and i think he's the great indian novelist and honestly i had uh, i had not heard of akhil sharma in 2014 you know i i doubt many people in india had because his books were not out here like he was he had published one book in the us he's been based in the us for a while and there was a book called family life that was out in the us but it was not out here but because yeah. friends and you know when when an author you really like recommends a book i just bought it i think i bought it like at the festival bookstore and i started reading it and that book moved me so much it it affected me so much and i was very confused by it firstly it's a very sad book but i was very confused by it because it was not like any of the books that i liked until then it didn't have the beauty of jhumpa lahiri's writing it didn't have the kind of historical depth of amitav ghosh it didn't have the sentiment of julian barnes it didn't have the kind of you know the richness of uh, kodzia so i was like why do i like this book it's a slim book you know and i was puzzled by it and then um, i met akhil sharma at the same festival the next year and i read this new yorker interview where he he said something it was so beautiful and i think it made me look at the world differently like i said he said that he employed only two senses to write the book you know um, a book the way we are not always conscious but you know we we also read with all our five senses and sometimes books are very slow reads because they get into a lot of depth of describing smells and food and touch and you know they they tangle you up and he said in family life he wanted the reader to own the book and make it their own so he only used the audio and the visual and no one you know i've never studied creative writing as such no one spoken to me about writing at that level just the idea of then i reread the book and i realized it's true the book only employs two senses and it really it profoundly impacted me because i realized that you know 
as authors we are almost god we can choose how how readers respond to a book we can choose whether readers salivate when they read a book we can choose we can turn on readers we can make them crave uh, memories food places people um so that that was a that seems like a big power you know and i feel that made a very deep impression on me uh so kind of the book and i guess the talk the the story behind the book and what akhil said about writing of the book all of that together made a made a very deep impression on who uh on me and my writing because i tried to then employ very different sensorial worlds for shashi and tara because i was writing about a mother and daughter and i i was really figuring how do i make their chapters read differently right they alternate chapters and they illuminated yeah. and for a while i thought should i use different vocabulary because shashi is in her 50s and tara is in her 20s so will their vocabulary be different but i thought like you know that is so superficial let me use different sensorial worlds instead so shashi's world is uh, because you've read the book you you might it might uh, connect with you but shashi's world is more taste and smell and tara's world is more kind of visual and audio um so uh, i tried to do that and in the last chapter when shashi and tara meet all the senses are present including touch so i would say that you know once you know when once you learn something like that it's hard to unlearn it so i think it 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 really did profoundly impact me that's that's actually absolutely wonderful to hear and like now when you mention it it's something like because now i'm thinking about the book and the kind of what i felt when reading those chapters and it makes a lot more sense now so it's i think you're bang on right that when you learn something along these lines you can't really unlearn this but well uh, ananta before we wrap this up uh, i had asked you a question at the beginning of the interview do you want to take a shot at that or should we take a pass on it no yes i i would uh, uh, like i i won't like to take a shot since you mentioned that one of your uh, the one of the authors said they had a band well i didn't have something as uh, uh adventurous as having a band but i was a pretty serious rock climber uh, for a, a long time especially when then when i went to the us i had a boyfriend who was a kind of professional rock climber so we we climbed some pretty uh, serious peaks around boston when i moved back to delhi as well i was a member of the imf the indian mountaineering federation and we would kind of climb and that's something that i've completely after moving back to bombay uh you know kind of let go of my harness lies unused but i think that is a side of me that i have uh, not spoken about so i hope that is exciting yeah. enough <laughs> more yeah. than i think more than exciting the reason why i ask this question to authors and why i kind of choose to keep asking it uh, to all my the authors who come here is because i think it tends to humanize authors a lot more kind of just gives them this personality the side that uh, as a reader it kind of just makes the work seems more engaging when you know that the person behind the words is someone just as you know valuable as you with their own i don't know imperfections and their own little things that they do in life which they may or may not continue doing right i mean i think the fact that you know that fact that you're not still in touch with it right that you haven't been uh, rock climbing ever since you were back in bombay is something that a lot of people relate to right like this activity you once loved and now you just can't either find the time to do or just don't want to do or whatever the other reason may be correct 
but but actually i i do feel i've tried to replace it with yoga but i do feel that i i do a kind of shoulder stand every day and it's very important to me to write i do feel as a writer because you're so much in your head and you spend so much time by yourself and you're on your desk i think having these kind of physical a kind of physical activity or a physical goal whether that's uh, yoga walks hiking birding or you know swimming uh, whatever it is or climbing is very good because um, uh, for me i've i've really you know it helps you kind of get out of your head which you need to write otherwise you'll go crazy so i feel even most writers i know uh, they're quite seriously engaged in one uh, at least one outdoor uh, physical activity and i think um, you know it's literally a breath of fresh air and it helps with writing i know one writer I'm, i forgot who but of popular books who said he hangs himself upside down every 2 hours for a rush of blood to the head <laughs> so i think it's actually a it's actually a physical need you know you kind of need uh, some kind of a uh, a physical activity that helps you get out of your head when you're writing for long stretches of time so maybe i should look at getting back to rock climbing somewhere <laughs> in bombay you should and i think with this also mm-hmm. you kind of like really made the parents of younger or aspiring writers really happy because i think this is one of the things that you like every parent tells a kid they're going up listen koi physical activity karo so i think authors is other you've inspired a lot of parents with that answer but yes <laughs> right but yes i definitely agree i think uh, that is something that would end up helping authors um thank you anandita for doing this this was absolutely lovely i had a really good time talking to you and you gave me a nice insight into what and how the book has come about and it actually enriches my experience of reading your work and i really look forward to reading more books by you but i hope they don't take five more years to come out i i am really so excited i've actually i've quit full time journalism so i hope and i've kind of started thinking and making notes for the next book so i hope it's much sooner but i want to thank you siddharth because especially at a time like this when authors are like i said you know cut off from their source of you know interaction or say you know the nutrition that you get from meeting readers these kind of virtual platforms are are very welcome because uh, uh, you know it helps you interact with readers so thank you for making the time and effort to you know put this up and do this with writers and uh, all the best for your other sessions and for your own writing as well thank you anandita the pleasure is all mine thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode do subscribe to our podcast and like share and subscribe it check us out on instagram youtube and all other podcasting platforms we do a lot of bookish stuff and if you're a book fan or a bibliophile or a reader or whatever term you wish to call yourself by you would definitely enjoy our work do check it out thank you